How do you grow to be a solid man of character, of integrity, of honor? The best way to do that is to have a bunch of good men who are living in integrity and who are living with character and who are living with honor to pour into you. Uh, I very clearly remember figuring out at four years old there was a game. And so I um, played the game really, really well, got good grades, finished school and went, cool, I'm useless. Same thing happened, graduated, turned down a job at the, at the White House and went, all right, I'm useless. And got enough of a background at the game of school to realize I would never send my own kids. Education is continuous growth. Your version of freedom and sovereignty. That's what education should ultimately be for. I don't think we shift culture without doing that. Character is the backbone of that human. We live by a code, right? Loyalty and honor and commitment and integrity and uh, compassion and politeness. Those are the things that are the backbone. That's where we all come together. That code does not change. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Sovereign Man Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou. We have a very special guest lined up for you today. The CEO of Apogee Strong, Matt Boudreau. Welcome, Matt. Pleasure, sir. Honor. Sounds like we got a couple mutual friends, too, man. So uh, that's always... That's always a good way to start, man. So no, it's a uh, yeah. it's an honor. I appreciate you coming by. So mm-hmm. Matt, um, before we get into it, why don't you tell folks your backstory, how you got to be the great Matt Boudreau? Uh, I appreciate that very much. I don't know if I would say that same same thing. I don't know if I'd give the same description, but um, I'll give the give the thirty thousand foot, and we'll go wherever you want to go with it. So um, I always tell people that that my journey in education started when I was four. And I'm not going to take you through everything since I was four, but I'm saying uh, it started there because at four, I realized there was a game going on at school. Uh, I very clearly remember figuring out at four years old, there was a game. And so I played the game really, really well, got good grades, finished school and went, cool, I'm useless. Uh, I really know how to play school, but I don't know what else to do. So I guess I'll go to college because that's what everybody else is doing. I was really good at school there in college too. Same thing happened, graduated, turned down a job at the at the White House and went, all right, I'm useless. What do I do? I have no idea where to go. I have no idea what I have to offer the world. I'm good at sports. I'm good at talking to girls. That's not going to get me. <laughs> I love it. Like, what am I going to do? So series of odd jobs, man, and then just working, at least working my butt off, at least uh, exhibiting some work ethic. Uh, within a couple of years, I found myself at Stanford University and kind of got back to that understanding of, wait, there's a game going on at school. And I started to see it from a high level there at Stanford. So um, went from Stanford University to becoming a public school teacher and a public school administrator. Went to uh, become a private school teacher, private school administrator, and got enough of a background at the game of school to realize I would never send my own kids. Uh, And at that point, I had kids that were ready to go to school. So uh, I decided to build my own. So I started building campuses that I thought kids would actually benefit from. Started building that out in California simultaneously, uh, somewhat organically. A speaking career took off. And so I 
Uh, I've gotten the chance now to speak from the stage to about half a million people around the world. And um, while in the process of traveling and speaking, I just kept building more and more schools and the young heroes were responding. They were doing really well. So we just kept going. Um, and in that process, a friend of mine, a gentleman named Tim Kennedy, who a lot of people know, yeah. uh, just said he wanted to launch a school. So I helped him launch one and we started a mentorship program to pour into young men there too. And uh, man, fast forward now a few years, we've got mentorship program for young men, for men, for women, one on the way for young women. And we're about to launch 50 more schools here in 2024. Uh, and that's just the beginning. So that's a whole lot of barfing at you uh, for, for the first two minutes here. Damn. 50 more schools in 2024. You know, yes. I know who Tim is. I haven't met him. Uh, yep. I reached out to him and asked him to come on my show as well. I'm talking to his assistant. They're looking at April <laughs> for him to come on. That's um, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, which is great. Um, I know a good friend of his real well, a uh, fellow by the name of Ernest Emerson. Do, do you know Ernest? Ernest Emerson. No, sir. I can't say that I do. So uh, him and Tim collaborated to make a folding knife. It's Ernest Emerson is the founder of Emerson Got Knives. Got yeah. it. Okay. So the, uh, anyways, Ernie's a good buddy of mine. He's, 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 uh, he makes these cool kind of tactical folding knives. He's been doing it since 79. So that's kind of cool. And my buddy, Ryan Mickler, who you know as well, is uh, really involved in the men's movement and he's a good man. Um, he is a good man. Yeah. Ryan's a dear friend, man. And uh, my kids will FaceTime with his kids and, and uh, we got a chance to spend the week together as families prior to, to everything going on with him and Trish, but we got a chance yeah. to spend the week together down in Mexico and, uh, but just good people, man. I still talk to him yeah. pretty regularly. So yeah, good, good man for sure. He is a very good man. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was oblivious as to what's, what issues men are facing until, um, September, 2009, where, when my then wife seemingly out of the blue decided she didn't want to be married to me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was completely blindsided. I, I, I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. And, um, I thought I was a masculine man, but I wasn't, I was a pussified little, uh, girl man who acted tough, but blamed everything on his wife and just got angry with her, uh, for the stupidest of reasons. And I thought, that, hey, my job was just to make the money and, you know, be faithful. And I've done my job. She won the lottery, right? <laughs> no, that's, uh, that was no, 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 and no. And it it took me having that happen uh, to get involved with uh, a couple of men's groups. Mm -hmm. And after a period of time, I realized how clueless I'd been. And I started to work on myself and I stopped blaming her. And I wasn't able to save my my, my marriage. But... Um, what I did realize is that at the very least, I've got to make sure I've got a good relationship with her going forward. So right now we've got a very good relationship since good. then I've uh, met another woman. She and I have been together for almost 13 years good and, you. um, our relationship, uh, is good. And my relationship with my ex is good enough that she came on vacation with me, the kids and the new lady once. Wow. And, that's pretty wild because not a lot of people can say something like that. Um, but I realize that there's a lot of men that are lost out there. And yeah. it appears that there is a deliberate attempt on the part of certain elites in society to mm -hmm. create weakness among men for a variety mm -hmm. of different reasons. And part of this is to call men bad and wrong. And, and this mm -hmm. has been going on since the 60s, since the, the feminist movement. 
or as Rush Limbaugh liked to call it, the feminazi movement came into, <laughs> into the fore and started to, to really make men feel bad about being men. And there's so many lost men out there that I commend what you're doing, Matt, because it's so needed. Thank so you. talk to me a bit about the philosophy behind Apogee Strong, what you're working to do for these young boys and girls. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that very much. And I'm sorry to hear about the, the first marriage, but uh, congratulations on on uh, how you guys move forward. It sounds like not only, you know, learning the lesson, but you're applying the lesson. Right. And that's the that's the biggest thing. Apply the lesson. Um, we got a lot of men out there who uh, are consumers of information and they're all about consuming. They'll consume the next book. They'll consume the next podcast. They'll consume the next meme. They'll consume. They don't apply it. And then they wonder why they're still sad. And so then, you know, they look for the next thing to consume thinking, well, that's going to be the unlock is if I go consume something else rather than going and applying all the information that's there in the first place. So good on you as far as that goes. And that really is is the crux of of the mission for what we're talking about, too. So we, we talk about Apogee as education for the entire family. And so when I say that, people hear education and they think school. I'm very quick to point out those are two different things in my mind. School is a specific religion. It's a specific system. It's something that we've uh, been indoctrinated to believe looks a very certain way. Education is continuous growth, period, end of story. Um, and so that growth means you're going to continue to adapt not only to you know your surroundings and the way the world's going, but to your goals and your missions, your version of freedom and sovereignty. That's what education should ultimately be for, is that. So um, with that being the case, that's our entire mission for the organization. Our mentorship programs are a deep dive for how young men, it started out just as young men, but it's how, how, how do you grow to be a solid man of character, of integrity, of honor? And the best way to do that is to have a bunch of good men who are living in integrity and who are living with character and who are living with honor to pour into you, to lay out a roadmap that says, okay, look, everybody's going to have a different story, but here's a general roadmap. We'd love for you to take these challenges on. We'd love for you to go ahead and read this, but here's how you're going to apply the information. And as you move forward, we're going to walk alongside you and we're going to guide you and we're going to go, hmm, this is how we done it. This is how we would do it. What do you think about that? Right? We're going to come alongside these young men and make them these apprentices so we put the best men on the planet in front of these young men and we give them these projects and challenges so they can grow in education. Well, then we just rinse and repeat good men pouring into the men, good women pouring into the women. We'll have good women pouring into the young women. And we start to build out these K through 12 campuses that are built around these principles as well, pouring into the young students and into the family. So that's really what this, this organization is all about. It's education. It's continuous growth for everybody. I don't think we shift culture without doing that. No, you don't shift culture without doing that. Um, mm -hmm. So years ago, um, I took a program called the Sterling Men's Weekend. Mm -hmm. And that's what got me into the men's work. Have you heard of the Sterling Men's Weekend? No, sir. So there's a man named... A. Justin Sterling, and he um, used to be a trainer for an organization called EST, 
Earhart Seminars Training. And that EST uh, became the landmark forum, which became the world's largest personal development organization. Man yep, named Werner, Werner Earhart was the founder of EST. It stood Earhart Seminar, Seminars Training. And um, so if you go and, you know, you do your due diligence and check out Werner in the 70s and 80s, this dude was the shit out in the world. He had um, Hollywood producers, major politicians, stars, um, did his programs like it, it was it was just it was wild. And part of what he did was um, some of his material was material that was also part of the Church of Scientology. So they were not fans of his and they went after him and, you know, tried to destroy his reputation and all that good stuff. So he got out of that work. But he created a whole bunch of incredible content that's impacted millions of people. And one of his trainers was this guy, Justin Sterling. And when he, um, when, when, when Werner left Est and Est became landmark, Justin uh, took some of his material and turned it into the Sterling Men's Weekend, the Sterling Women's Weekend, which are okay. programs for men and women that are really powerful transformational programs and, and uh, designed to help men and women learn how to be men and women and not be what the modern world is telling them to be. And mm. uh, tens of thousands of people have taken these courses since the seventies. And uh, I, I took it and it's, uh, it's really powerful stuff. Um, what I've found is when I find, when people come and do this program, they instinctively start to understand what being a man or being a woman is all about much better because uh, it, it, what they've learned ties into the natural way that men and women ought to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's missing today, Matt, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this, is we're living in an era of zero respect for elders, like zero. Mm-hmm. Justin is 77 freaking years old. He's the man who's been doing this longer than any. When I mention this to some of the other people, they they tell me, well, have you heard of Andrew Tate? Have you heard of uh, Rolo Tomasi, have you heard of Fresh and Fit? And look, man, I just go, listen, no offense to these dudes, okay? But Andrew Tate just turned 30 fucking seven. Excuse my language. 37. I'm sorry, what life experiences this dude had? Oh, he made $100 million? Oh, by having women be naked on camera. By that. Okay, so that's character. That's what we want to teach our men. Hey, let's, you know, exploit women. Let's make money that way. And... No offense to Andrew again, or to his mom, who I'm sure is a wonderful woman, but he was raised by a single mom. His father wasn't around in his life. This man understands how to teach men how to pair bond with a woman and stay with them forever, 37 years old. What are your thoughts here? Because I think we're missing respect for elders and learning from elders. I think it's a huge missing in our time today. No, it is a huge thing missing. And I mean, learning, it's a, it's a massive thing. What, one of the things that you, that you mentioned that you said when you were talking about the the seminar and how powerful that was, you said it was getting back to the natural way of the way men and women were supposed to be. Right. And so what we see is this, um, and I talk about this often is a lot of the things that we are working with men, women, young men, young women, as we're working with these families, we find ourselves in these patterns of trying to preserve for the young people what I call the factory settings. I believe we come out having a pretty dang good idea of how to be a young man or a young woman, 
And then culturally, we mess them up physically, right? Physiologically, we start, things start getting added to, it's like taking this phone out of the box, but then you start adding the apps and you start going to these websites, you start going, it starts to slow it down and it muddies the waters, right? So you get away from the factory settings. So what we have found for our young people, we're in this game of trying to preserve factory settings. They're resilient to start. You ever seen a kid learning to walk? Dude, they're resilient. Like, resilience is built into the human right they're built it like they're gonna try to walk dude and they're gonna fall and they're gonna fail but then they're gonna get right back up and they're gonna try it again and they're gonna do it joyfully right like we're resilient creatures but then the world starts to tell you especially when you get into school don't fail right parents start getting afraid of things so they start projecting their fear on you so you start to download you start to get away from these factory settings so for our young people we're trying to preserve factory settings. For our older generations, what we're finding is we're having to try to strip things away. A lot of times it's addition by subtraction and we're trying to get them back to factory settings. So what we're doing is just trying to point to the natural state of man. What I've also seen is that what you're talking about, many people who have done well for themselves. And I don't mean do well necessarily monetarily or whatever, but they are in, you know, their sixties, their seventies, they've got this life experience. They've been able to make the mistakes. They've come full circle and they start to realize, okay, here's the wisdom here. Here are the lessons that I've learned. Here's, here's how I could have preserved factory settings. Here's how I did it. Well, here's how they've got that wisdom there, but we have definitely put them to the side as these people who, uh, well, they don't understand anything because maybe they don't understand the times that we're in. Maybe they're not a huge fan of social media. Maybe they're not a huge fan, right? They're, there's like one or two things where they're like, oh, I don't love the way culture is going here, so I'm not necessarily going to engage. And so then we've just gone ahead and gone, oh, well, then you must not understand anything versus, okay, if you're not super excited about that, why is that? Why are you not excited about it? What is it that you're not excited? Like we're not tapping into that wisdom. Culture does not push us to tap, you know, tap into that wisdom. The young people are distracted in a number of different ways by, you know, pop culture and video games and all these other things that again pulls them away. We've got no fathers in the home who are not then pointing them to grandpa, who are not I mean there's a multifaceted, you know, uh, circumstance going on here, but you're right. All of those things pull away from tapping into the wisdom of those who have come before us and it's to our detriment for sure it is it is you know i'm 56 years old mm-hmm. and i'm fucking smart one of the mm-hmm. smartest men you're ever going to meet in your life i've read mm-hmm. over 4,000 books i read over 100 books a year i graduated from georgetown university near the top of my fucking class mm-hmm. you know i'm a curious man by nature and um, and my attitude is, I don't know shit. I don't That's know it. shit. I'm, I'm here to learn from you. I'm here to go, oh, okay, Matt's going to teach me something. I'm taking notes. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is good. I like this idea of like education is continuous growth. I've never heard that before. And mm-hmm. it's helping you create your version of freedom and sovereignty. I'm like, I'm going to use that. I'll, I'll give you credit, but I'm going to use that. I thought that was really good. As you should. Right. And that's, that's what I, what I come to learn. And, and I'm smart and I read and I'm learning a lot of these folks that are out there today. I don't know. Maybe I was this dumb when I was younger. Maybe I was, I probably was. They're just like, what do you have to teach me? You're, you're not a billionaire. I'm like, right. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, what? I'm not yeah. a billionaire. Yeah, I'm not a billionaire. But is that your definition of someone who can teach you something? Because one of my professors in university, Dr. Richard Greger, God rest his soul, he was a refugee from Czechoslovakia, 1948, mm-hmm. after you know Jan Masaryk was was murdered by the by the Soviets. He and his family escaped to come to the West, right? And he used to tell me, he said, Nikki, don't be too impressed with people who know how to make money. He says, it's just a talent. Making money is just a talent. They just have a talent for it. Don't be too impressed with it. It doesn't really mean that much. And it took me years to kind of figure it out, but he's right. It doesn't really mean that much. There's a lot of other things that matter more, like having honor, having integrity, being loyal. Those things I think are far more important than my biggest concern and why I'm happy that you're doing what you're doing. And I think there should be a thousand people doing what you're doing because you're never going to reach all the men and boys in the, around the world who need you. Let's just face it. You're just not. That's right. Um, they, we got to clone you. right? <laughs> we got to clone you a thousand. Right. Yeah. It, but if, if we don't have, um, if we don't have people who are actively looking for elders to learn from, I weep for our society. I really do. Mm-hmm. No, you're exactly right. What you're talking about is the difference between character and skill acquisition, right? You can you can acquire the skill to learn how to make money. You can acquire the skill to uh, understand how to get in shape. You can acquire a skill to understand how to build a house. You can acquire a skill. And those are great. Those are all skills to acquire. But the character is the backbone of that human. We talk about apogee. Anybody in any of our tribes, we talk about the Apogee Code. We live by a code, right? Loyalty and honor and commitment and integrity and uh, compassion and politeness. Those are the things that are the backbone. That's where we all come together. And those are the things that are going to be, those are the things that we're going to hang our hat on and that we're going to perpetuate even as the world changes and new skills become desirable to be acquired. That's fine. Some skills as the world changes, we will have to unlearn because they'll no longer be relevant. That's fine. The skills will be in and out. That integrity of the human and that character piece, that code is what does not change. Um, and and that's, that's what we should be absolutely focusing on. And it's not to say that every elderly person lives by that code, but what you'll find is if you pay attention, there's so many, there's so many that absolutely did live by that code and they've learned so much in the process. Um, we're, we're missing out on a vast resource. No, absolutely. So when a parent's looking for a good school to put their son or daughter into, yeah, what do you tell them? What yeah. should they be looking for? And what are the things that Apogee Strong offers them? Oof, that's a really good, that's a really good question because, um, I, the part of the reason I left the schools that I didn't, again, I ran public schools, private schools. Um, and I started to dig, I'm a curious man as well. The, the reason wisdom comes is because, right. I mean, that's it. Like the curiosity, that's it. Like that is, was it like coming at the world going, Hey, everybody's got something to teach me. Um, I will start every day as a beginner. Um, you know, and, and I'm just going to go ahead and be curious and, and have, bring wonder to the, uh, to the world around me. That's the only way to go. So I'm very much that way. I started asking the question, well, what should education be for? And that's where I came to sovereignty and freedom, um, at least as far as my belief for myself and my own family. And I said, well, but why do we do school the way we do? Because I don't feel like those things connect. Let me dive deeper. 
as I started to dive deeper into the creation of school in terms of how you and I grew up going to it, you start to realize it was put together not for people to get to sovereignty and freedom. It was quite the opposite, right? It was put together for the industrial revolution and to have people that were pretty blindly obedient, um, you know, and kind of had this slave mentality. So as I started to look at that, it's like, man, when parents ask, what's a good school around it? Well, my kids are going to go to the best school. What that usually means is you're in a good socioeconomic area and, and, um, you know, the, the population is, is decent. They do decent on test scores. That's really what you're talking about. So when parents are looking for that, don't look for what is graded or ranked as a good school. You want to look for a place where the students have a voice. You want to look for a place where it's project-based and problem-based learning. You want to look for a place that is not putting a premium on, hey, everybody's got to get to college because that's an arbitrary an arbitrary goal that, that's ridiculous in and of itself, man. A college degree is... is uh, is no longer the the beacon that it used to be by nope. any stretch of the imagination. Um, so you want to look for a place where the where the kids have responsibilities, where they have ownership um, in what's going on 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 the day to day. Those are the places you look now. There are more of those places popping up, but you want them to be in a place where they're going to make choice. And the reason you want these things is because life is going to demand it of them. Life is going to demand that they're making choices, not looking to be obedient. Life is going to demand that they take on responsibility, not be apathetic. Life is going to demand that they solve a problem in front of them and collaborate with others, not that they are um, you know, playing this game of pretend where if you just regurgitate the other things that everybody your age is playing pretend around, you're going to be okay. Right? That's my beef with school. School does not mimic life. Not at all. And that's the problem. So when you're looking for a quote unquote good school, you want one that's going to be a microcosm of what actually happens in life as much as possible. That's the difference between Apogee schools and regular schools. Our young heroes have responsibilities. They're solving problems. They're learning to communicate at a high level. They're putting physical fitness uh, on a pedestal because they understand that you know physical health is a precursor to mental health. They're starting businesses or taking their businesses into perpetuity because they understand that there's a lot to be learned from the journey of an entrepreneur. There's a lot of skills that can be acquired. There's a lot like they're taking on those things. They're taking on the responsibility of running the campuses. They're taking on those things because life is going to demand that they're responsible and capable in those things. That's the difference. We're a microcosm of life. You know, that's pretty darn brilliant. Um, is this K through 12? Do you have an Apogee University? How does this all work? That's a great question, man. So yeah, K through 12s, all 50 that are launching. We have one um, in Cedar Park. Now I've launched schools prior to this. I've sold those off. None of those are the uh, under the Apogee um, umbrella. So this is Tim and I doing this under the Apogee umbrella. We've got Apogee Cedar Park. We've got 50 that we're going to launch in 2024. We'll likely do about another 100 for 2025. These are K through 12, young men, young women. Um, Both of them, both of those groups are connected to our virtual mentorship programs by being on that campus. And the parents through, yes, they have to pay tuition, but we're doing something about that as well. But the parents go through Apogee Man and Apogee Woman. So it truly is education for the entire family. It is not just, oh, I'm sending my son here. It's like, no, 
everybody by paying this tuition goes through their personal growth, their education, they're tied into the, to the greater network as a whole. Um, Apogee University is something that we are actively working on. Um, we're connecting with uh, a, a few different players as far as that goes, um, but nothing that's official yet until likely 2025. Wow. That's pretty darn cool. You know, Jordan Peterson is starting yeah. uh, Peterson University. He's one of the uh, guys we're talking to. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. Um, I live in Toronto. I'm, I'm a Torontonian. I went to the oh, University of cool. Toronto for my undergraduate. So yeah. you know, he lives in my hometown, which is pretty darn cool. Very uh, cool. Yeah, I, I had uh, I had Michaela come out uh, one of my campuses when I was running one of our schools. I had the kids put on a TEDx at the campus. Um, the kids yeah. ran, I was part of that responsibility. Like they ran That's the awesome. giant event, you know? And so awesome. Michaela came out to speak at that event and stayed with us for a couple of days. So yeah, we, they're good, good people. Yeah. Uh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, my, uh, oldest son is 17 right now. Okay. He's, um, going, he's just grade 12 next year. Um, yeah. he's a soccer player. He's a pretty good soccer player. He's the captain of his school team. Very they cool. won the, um, they won the, uh, championship for their district first time this century they, they'd gone 0 for 12 and oh wow he, he led them he's the team captain and he led them to to the first victory so that was a big deal very cool very um, cool he plays uh he played um he's played at a, at a separate team as well his coach is an old school croatian man with connections in europe we're trying to see if we can get him a pro opportunity uh but University is something we're looking at too. I'm going to High Point University um, in two weeks with them for a camp. Um, that's a pretty good school. Very Dr. Cool. Nito Kubain runs that. Do you know Dr. Nito Kubain? You know who he is? I know not personally, but I do know who that is. Yeah, he's he's the shit, man. That guy's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, um, he, that university is not a regular woke-ass university because of him. So yeah. That's yeah. a good thing. I mean, um, those do still; those universities do still exist, right? People not, can not like, as many as we'd like, but yes, not as many as we'd like no, by, no, by any stretch of the imagination. And, and I know for a fact that the majority um, of the universities are, are, you know, lean in a way that I wouldn't call fully around education. There's a lot of indoctrination that takes place at a lot of these universities, but no, there are right. still some of these, and they're usually smaller, liberal arts related, you know, but they have professors there who still care about the young people and who are paid to educate a lot of these universities they're paid to publish right they're yeah. paid to do research they're paid and they're not really worried about the education side it's more of a you know a status thing and a little bit of indoctrination here and there there are some great universities still out there man and if, if students are intentional about it you can find them that's one of them that's great i'd like to help you i mean if we can talk offline i've written 10 books myself Two of them were New York Times bestsellers. One of them, um, one of them was uh, endorsed by Donald Trump. Um, no kidding. Yeah, here it is. I wrote it with Wayne Allen Root, um, Nikki Balloon, Wayne Allen Root. They call there him the Trump go. of Las Vegas, and that's. Do you see that black thing? That was. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, that was awesome. It was, it was on True Social. It was pretty great. It's pretty darn great. That's I was, very cool, I, I, was I was very honored. I was very honored yeah. that that happened. That's awesome. Yeah. But I, I'd like to, I'd like to help in any way that I can to assist you guys with the university aspect of it. Uh, Thank you, brother. I, I think I can bring some value to the table, so I'd love to chat with you offline. Very but cool. The our society is going to survive if good men like you, like Tim Kennedy, like uh, Ryan Mickler, 
you know, uh, like Jordan Peterson, mm. step up and uh, do what Elon Musk did last week and say, go fuck yourself to these powers. Right. Yeah, that's go right. fuck yourself. And here's what we're going to do instead. Here's what we're going to teach our, our kids. I'm doing everything I can for my sons to help them become uh, good, well-adjusted men. Yeah. There is the culture. It's uh, it, it's not easy, but you know, I talk to them. I tell them what I think. I tell them why. I argue with them. Uh, they're both involved in sports. One plays soccer, the other plays hockey. You know, and that teaches them the value of teamwork. That teaches them the value of working toward a common goal. It makes them push their physical fitness to be stronger and better. And they're both absolute beasts. Uh, and that's a good thing. But I'm one man. I can only do it for my kids if that's what i focus on you're doing it for millions of kids and what well, you're doing that is awesome man i appreciate that well no and what you're i mean but it takes that right it's it's you it's yeah. men leading in their households first and foremost yeah. like that's it and it shouldn't be something that we have to ask so many more men to do right that's like it's 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 crazy to me that we're having to ask that but since that is the case okay well then let's go ahead and we're going to work, you know, pushing an agenda to, to meet on both sides. We're going to help men understand how to do that better. And we're going to come in and build a foundation and build these schools and build these programs where these young people don't ever stray away from that in the first place. And then we'll go ahead and meet in the middle, right? And we'll just call on more and more men and lead by example. You're leading by example for your young men. They are working on yep, becoming who you are. Right, more than anything, like you're, they're learning how to be a man from watching you. We need dads to do that. That should be. It used to be somewhat of a status quo. It needs to get well, back to being sexy again, right? That needs to be. Yes, a, sir. We got to put that back on a pedestal. Right now, it's sexy to be a victim. Right now, it's sexy to, you know, to point the finger outwards. You know, we have a rule in our house that says no complaining. Fix it. If it is something that is worth pointing out, that it's a problem. Well, then it's worth figuring out the solution. Can I get some of these books in your schools? I wrote this for my kids when they were little. Oh, how cool, man. Can I send you a copy? You send oh, I love it, offline. I'll get a copy sent over to you. But this teaches little kids about how to create jobs and factories. It's teaching them how to be good capitalists. I wrote it for That's like awesome. kids under eight. Oh, it's so rad. So that's it. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we want in our library, right? Like that's why I said I think I can help, brother. I'm not. I'm not just a pretty face. <laughs> I'm not that pretty a face either. <laughs> I think you're a handsome man, and you look a lot like. I'll tell you what. As soon as I and I looked at, like as soon as you reached out to, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I'm gonna do a quick, do a quick peek and look him up, and I'm like, what? You actually look like so many of my family members, bro. So I think yeah, you, I think you that's and I are awesome. related somewhere, maybe. So maybe yeah. we are. God bless yeah. you. I, I, I've got. Uh, my uncle married a French woman, so he lives in France. And, uh, you know, I've got a French cousin and one, one of the uh, two French cousins. One of them, unfortunately, she passed away. But, uh, you know, Canada has got a lot strong French influence in there. So I'm, I'm sure there's some French in our background. Hang <laughs> right. No, that's awesome, man. No, I think that's great, man. And those are the kind of books we need in our, you know, we're working with, uh, with Connor Boyick, too. If you've ever seen like the Tuttle Twins books. Sure, and sure I have. They're awesome. They're great, man. Connor's a dear friend of mine, and so you know, working with, working with him, working with Andy um, Frizella, you know, he's got a, a yeah, series. yeah, yeah. He's got those uh, the Otis books. books, yeah. 
I wrote this book and I published it and I, and, and I, and I put it on the shelf after a while, but I've got like 10 stories like this, teaching them about free market so principles, good. capitalism. I could oh, team up with you. We could get the rest of them published pretty quick. I've self-published a bunch of, uh, of my books. So and, cool. Yeah. And, and we can, um, we can get this to the little kids and we can get a version of this to, to kids that are looking to start businesses. What I so, do for a living is I help people, I help entrepreneurs grow their businesses. That's been my shtick. My dad was an entrepreneur back in Iran and he was a heart driven man. He always uplifted people, pulled them up. You know, he taught me life is about people, not about money right. or numbers. And, and, uh, that's what I'm passionate about. I want to show kids how not to be socialists. Because that's yeah. important. We got to teach them how to be sure. good, freedom-loving capitalists. You yes, know, it'd be cool to have a version of that book. Teach them about the Federalist Papers. You know, teach them about who Jimmy Doolittle was, like a cartoon of who was Jimmy Doolittle. You know, nobody right. knows about that great man and what he did and how he raised American morale when he went and he bombed Tokyo for 16 seconds. Man, nobody knows who Andrew Jackson is anymore and things like yeah. that. But I'm telling you, that's. Like I can, in my mind, I, I see a series of kind of little books like that being written and pushing stuff like that. Rush Limbaugh, before he died, he wrote a couple of children's books teaching yeah. uh, kids about, you know, uh, America's founding and history. And that's the sort of thing that I think is important to do. And you guys are doing it in the U.S. at some point. Let's bring this to Canada, man. Maybe I can be, maybe I can be your Canadian partner. I don't know. But we got all over the English speaking world and then beyond the English speaking world to Germany right. and France and all those places. That's exactly right. We've got, uh, we've got, uh, Vancouver that's going to be launching in 2024. So we are going to be up there. Um, and then we've got, uh, Australia in 2024 as well. So I'm sure we'll go, uh, continue to continue to go further, but you're yeah. right, man. So what you're talking about too is, is, pointing people to, to these heroes, right? This is humans learn partially by being around. Like that's why the apprenticeship model has always been so uh, phenomenal. You learn by being around other humans and you learn by watching other humans. You learn by reading about other humans. You learn by, by seeing other people that you want to emulate and then taking the steps that they have taken, right? You're not trying to become them. You take a similar path and become your version of that, but you, like that's how humans have always worked, right? It's how kids learn from their parents. It's how it's how we learn. So why would we not then take our literature and be super intentional about going, look, here is a hero story about this person. Here's the character of this person. Here, like that's it. You know, and so when I talk to parents all the time, I'm going, man, your environment matters. Who you have speaking into the lives of these kids matters. The books you have them reading or the books you're reading to them, those things matter. The music you're allowing them to listen to or not like that matters. The movies you're watching, like if you look at every single piece of entertainment or every single relationship as somebody who is inherently mentoring your young person, you'll be more intentional about who and what you let into those lives because you need to. Every single bit of it speaking into them, whether it's a good influence or not. So I'm going to be super intense. And that's not sheltering, by the way. It's showing them greatness. It is. Right? It's showing them greatness. I always love when parents are like, well, you know, if you don't send them to, to public school and so that they can see that there's bad people out there, like, you know, you're, you're sheltering. Like, they've got to learn that at some point. Okay, cool. That's the dumbest damn argument I've ever heard. Like, nobody goes, 
well, man, I got to really uh, up my game as an entrepreneur. I, I guess I better go to prison and find out that there's bad people there. That's going to somehow make me better. No, <laughs> you go hang out with people who are doing things at a higher level than you so that you can learn that. Right. Same thing for our young kids, man. Let's expose them to greatness at every turn. So then when they see the bad thing, it's not tempting. It's not, they just see it for what it is. It's like, okay, cool. You know, so, um, no, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. You know, Matt, this is, this is, this is great. I, I love this. Um, yeah, I, um, I think what you're doing is God's work. We are being faced right now by the devil. Yes, sir. Uh, and the devil is um, the biggest trick he he played was helping people think he didn't exist, and he exists. He's out there, and there are forces of darkness that are trying to take what was great and destroy it. And right. people always go through life thinking, "Okay, well, this is it. We fought. We fought. This is the last fight we'll ever have to fight. The American mm -hmm. Revolutionary, our last fight we'll have to fight. World War One, war to end all wars. World War Two, no, no, no." Evil will keep coming back, right. keep coming back. And if you don't train the next generation to stand up That's right. for what's right, evil will win. You know, Ronald Reagan said that freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It yep. must be nurtured. It must be preserved. It must be fought for. Otherwise, there'll come a time where men will say, remember when in these United States, men were once free. And Wayne Allen Root, my co-author of the two books that, that, you know, went New York Times bestsellers and got one of them got Donald Trump's attention. He has said, hey, it's not one generation away from extinction. It's one election cycle away from extinction right now. Mm -hmm. if we don't teach the next generation to stand up for this. We're done. It's my opinion that 2024 is going to be a pivotal year for the world. Either the forces of freedom will triumph in the United States and the election will be a free one, a fair one, and the right result will take place and we will preserve this last great bastion of freedom or they won't. And if freedom goes in the United States, you can kiss it goodbye around the rest of the world. We're going to descend into a thousand years of darkness. Yeah, so what we all need to do is we need to sober up, wake up, make sure that we're doing everything that we can to teach young people, how precious freedom is, how important it is to be a young man or a young woman of character. And that's what's going to make our world uh, a better place as we move forward. And that's what's going to prevent us from going into a thousand years of darkness. That's right, man. I, I would, I love, I love that. And I, I would even, um, I'll even do, I'll even do you one more, man. Not only do I believe you know, that's that, that old adage of, of the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is convincing the world that he didn't exist, right? I, I'm going to go one up. I'm going to say he actually has done an even better job than that. He's done um, the job of making some people who know he exists worship him anyways because they're giving in to fear, because they're giving in to excuses, because they're giving in to distractions, because they're giving it like they know he's there and they're still bowing down to all the things that he'll put in front of them to pull them away from being who they could be and who they've been designed to be. 
right? So you're exactly, you're exactly right, man. I think for all of us that are fighting, I think we're not only fighting for ourselves and our own family and for the next generation. I think sometimes we're fighting a couple battles because we're fighting for the guy next to us that's too afraid to fight and we're doing it until he's ready to go, you know? Uh, um, so it's like, it's, there is no time to waste. There was a great quote by Heraclitus who says, um, you know, and you've probably seen this, but it was like, out of every hundred men, um, you know, 10, shouldn't even be there. 80 or, uh, are just targets. Nine are, um, you know, we're lucky to have them because nine of them are, are brave warriors. And then there's the one, he's the one that's going to bring everybody back. Um, and if that, if that is true, and in my experience, those numbers tend to play out, then really right now we're looking, we're looking for the one out of a hundred in every case. We're looking for the 10 out of 100, but we're really looking for that one out of 100. And we need to uh, unify and all push this mission together. I think if you bring those one or those 10 out of the 100 together um, and you get everybody screaming from the rooftops, we can get we can get the rest of the people on board. So that's what, that's what we're doing, man. Amen. Um, consider me one of your brothers in arms. Um, I appreciate um, you. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I'm going to help in any way I can help. Uh, we'll start with this little children's book. Hopefully you awesome. guys will like it and you'll, you'll want to run with it. It'd be great. So rad. And uh, beyond that, uh, every single man and woman of good character, of good conscience in the world should know about Apogee Strong and should look into it very strongly and very seriously for themselves, for their children. And they should spread the word. Because how we're going to win is if we make sure that the tech overlords mm -hmm. don't shut down the narrative, don't shut down our ability to get a message out there. We need right. to make sure that folks like uh, Elon Musk uh, and X survive and folks like uh, Chris Pavlovsky and Rumble also survive. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you this, um, I, I think... And I'm going to say this out here. I don't know if you uh, and Tim are in any way connected to Elon, but just in case you might be, I want to say this to you so you can maybe get the message to him. Um, he doesn't need the big advertisers. Their, their model is dead. I'm in the business of helping people who have a, um, a bit of expertise take that and turn it into programs and, and sell it effectively in a heart-based way to help people. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you this. There are a ton of people out there that purport themselves to be gurus to help pe people become successful. And a lot of people pay a lot of money. I mean, Tony Robbins is the biggest one of them all. Mm -hmm. Now just imagine that the richest man in the world, the actual richest man in the world decided that he was going to put together a program called An Hour with Elon, where if you were on X, you would pay 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, and once a month, or twice a month, or four times a month, whatever it was that he decided to do, he would be in their X spaces for an hour and he would take like five, 10 questions that people had about things that mattered to them in business, how to make more money, how to come up with innovative ideas. Would you pay $100 a month to spend an hour with Elon once a month? Because I'll tell you, I'd pay 10 times that, <laughs> you know. And no doubt. Yeah, he'd change, uh, he'd change I mean, a whole lot of things. If he got 5 million people on X to do that, he'd never need another dollar of, uh, you know, corporate advertising again, because those bastards are trying to shut free speech down. 
and the good people are are, are going to support him. So, you know, yeah. if you guys are in any way connected to him or you know anybody who is, get this message to him and say, hey, Elon, screw these advertisers. You're the brand. Use that to make money on X. It's doable. Okay, <laughs> so, right, oh, I love And I loved his attitude around that whole thing on that. Inter- I saw that interview that you were talking about. That's so great. You got to applaud that, man. You do. You do. You do, but you got to replace the money that these people are trying to take away from them too, because sure. if you don't replace the money, it's a problem, right? So sure. for whatever it's worth. All right. So Matt, um, if someone is keen on finding out more, on getting involved, on on helping spread the message, mm-hmm. what do they need to do? Give it to us and take as much time as you need to, to like really give everybody all they need. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Um, you know, there's there's really a couple different ways. So we're going to very shortly, apogeestrong.com is a great site to go towards. It will give you a general, it'll point you to everything that, that we're doing. But um, even that site is something we're updating with the map of all of our schools. And we'll, you know, we really are, it's such a comprehensive um, approach that we're taking. So we want to make sure that we do a good job on that site. So we're updating that site, but apogeestrong.com. Um, at Apogee Program on Instagram is also a great place, and you can shoot a message DM to our team um, about any of those, you know, verticals the the men's program, women's program, young men's, the schools, whatever that looks like. Shoot a message over to to the uh, at Apogee Program on IG. The team will get back to you on that. The biggest way people can step in and help if they are not directly. Um, you know, maybe they don't have kids that they want to send. We get this a lot where it's like, I want to help you guys out. I don't have kids right now that can go to the programs or that like, what else can I do to help? We also have our 501c3. So we have our Apogee Strong Foundation and that 501c3 is a scholarship fund to get more young people into these programs that would not normally be able to afford to get in the programs. So not only can people donate there, but we also created the Apogee payment solution. So we have Apogee payments. So just like Stripe exists or PayPal, no kidding. Apogee payments is the exact same thing, same kind of rates. And instead of that, you know, little margin that PayPal uses or that Stripe uses to make all their money and then go push a woke agenda, well, that same margin goes into Apogee Strong Foundation. It goes into the 501c3. It goes into the scholarship program so that we can keep sending as many young heroes through something like this as possible. So um, okay. people can reach Apogee out about payments. it. That's pretty yep. cool. So how how does that work? Yeah, so it is, uh, we essentially took over Guardian Payments. Um, it's a payment processing system that's been around for, they've been over, over a decade. Um, and it, quite literally, any organization that's using something like Stripe, something like, you know, they're using that for their payment processor, it's the exact same thing. So companies are reaching out to us and they're going, hey, I'd rather my money go somewhere, you know, that, that little bit. I'd rather it go somewhere that helps kids rather than goes to this woke agenda um, within hours. We can have them transfer over. It literally does no change in their business. They won't notice anything, but they'll just get a report now every month of how much of a scholarship fund they've generated that'll go to somebody else. So now everybody, it's a built-in scholarship fund for your organization <laughs> like it's yeah. it, it literally no change in your business you, you know what i'm um i don't know if this is applicable to a canadian business but if it is we're interested in looking at it for sure that's um, awesome yeah i mean it and, helps it, it helps kids 
Yeah, one thousand percent. My God. Um, so Wayne Allen Root, my good buddy, who I co-wrote these two books with, and we got a couple more books coming out next year. Um, he hosts a, a radio show, a daily radio show, a daily TV show, and he hosts a weekly TV show on Real America's Voice called America's Top Ten with Wayne Allen Root. Mm. Um, um, his producer Andrew Paul is a good buddy of mine. Would you like me to connect you? Because I think you should go on those shows. And I think, you, you know, on America's Top Ten, maybe you you bring you and Tim over, you know, because Tim's got a nice big name. <laughs> and yes. that, could, that, could get a, that could get a nice that, – that's a, that's a popular show. Yeah. Um, oh, very and, cool. Uh, I'm always – you know, a- anytime we get asked, man, uh, on anything, whether I get asked, whether Tim gets asked, whether we do something together – whether we try to schedule to do something together. Um, it's always an honor, man. And it's always, um, I mean, it really is. There's nothing, there's nothing, but you know, that, that there's nothing but gratitude for people wanting to even hear about what we're doing and and what we're doing with it. Um, so I'm always grateful for that. You have a great attitude. That's how I feel about it. If someone ever wants to bring me on any show, I'm in, I'm in. Hundred percent. It's an honor yeah. for that. So, yeah. Any any connections? Anything that you think you know makes sense? A hundred percent, man. It would be an honor. I I've got a couple that I think make good sense. So Wayne for sure. Wayne and Andrew uh, make sense. And um, I got a friend of mine, uh, Raymond Aaron. Um, he, he has to rest his voice right now. He's got this cough thing, so he's put his podcast on hiatus till he gets rid of it. I don't know how the heck that happened, but Raymond is a really neat guy. He's got a show called Respark Your Life. He would love this. He'd be all over this type of stuff. Very cool. uh, and he knows a lot of big people. He's part. He's a founding member of Transformational Leadership Circle, mm. which is Jack Canfield's um, mm. uh, mastermind of top, uh, you know, success leaders of the last 30, 40 years. So, got it. Very cool. Raymond's cool dude. Cool dude. Yeah. I think you'll like uh, you. I think you'll like him. I think it'll be good. I've got other other guys I can think of as well. Um, you probably know Larry Hagner from uh, Dad Edge Podcast. Yeah. So you see this sword behind me? Yeah. Yeah, that's a gift from Larry right there. No, that's awesome, yeah. buddy. Yeah, that's I a gift him. from Larry. Larry's a great – I actually talked to Larry this morning. So, yeah, Larry is a dear nice friend. Man. Man. Really, yeah, really good guy, nice man. Really man. good human. He's a good man. Uh, Larry's a good man. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, of Larry and the work that he does. Yeah, he just had surgery, man. I'm like, what's up with that, dude? What would you do to yourself? <laughs> I know, man. He's breaking down in his old age. Yeah, no, he's a stud, guy. man. He's a, he's a stud. He's a great great guy, great human, great leader, great dad. Yeah, uh, yeah, really, really good guy, man. So yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, Larry's a good guy. I think you said uh, you know Nick Kumalatos too. Is that know him real well? Know him real well. Okay, Nick's yeah. a good man. Yeah, Nick's yeah. a good buddy too. And so um, oh, cool, we're in the same. Yeah, we're we're good buddies, man. He's uh, I'm two for the last two years. We've been here in North Carolina. We're originally from California. No uh, kidding. And so we've been here in North Carolina. We bought a farm out here, and and uh, so we're a few hours away. Nick's on the other side of the state, but um, I've traveled out there. I was just out there like last month, stayed at his house and, uh, and we That's did awesome, a squire program for fathers and sons. Squire, Yeah. Yeah. With Bedros. I've heard of that. Yeah. That's Bedros awesome. is another good friend, man. hundred percent. Yeah. A yeah. yeah. awesome. whole bunch of good guys, man. You, that's what ends up happening, right? Yeah, like you, you know, all the good people. Yeah. Friends. That's awesome. Every, you just, everybody ends up, you know, you start seeing the same yeah. guys over and over, man. Cause those are the doers. They're up know? to the good things. Yeah. Um, Look, Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for doing what you do. 
for young men and young women. And thanks for being a champion for freedom, for masculinity, and for character. The world needs you. The world needs a whole lot more of what you got. God bless you. Keep doing what you're doing. Okay, my brother? I got you, brother. Appreciate you. Honored. Thank you. Ditto, 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 ditto. All right. Baloo out. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.